Hey, what is up? Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast, right here on SB Nation. NFL training camp is drawing near. We continue our NFC South Divisional previews today. I am Trey Downey, the Downey half of this dynamic duo. You can follow me on Twitter at TD Experience. You can follow Bucks Nation on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation and check out BucksNation.com for the latest and greatest on your Tampa Bay Buccaneers as train camp rolls around. There's going to be a ton of great content from the guys over there. And as always, along with me on this podcast is my co-host who is giving me uh, a great gesture right now. He is the one, the only, the Elmart810 on Twitter. He is Len Martez. What's up, man? Double battle, baby, on a Thursday. Pa pa. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is a great way, great way to start today's show. As I said, as I said, we're going to continue our divisional previews today. Last two weeks ago, we talked about the Atlanta Falcons. Last week, we talked about the Carolina Panthers. Today, we will talk about the New Orleans Saints. But there is a bit of news surrounding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that came out uh, before we set record on this podcast on Thursday evening. We talked about this a couple weeks ago when Rob Gronkowski officially announced his retirement that the Bucs, could they possibly be in the market for a veteran tight end? And we went over some of the names that were out there. And Len, you brought this guy up as uh, the guy who was on the market who might be the, I mean, we're not going to say he's as talented as Gronk, but he's probably the most similar to what Gronk gave you uh, as far as the tight ends that were out there. Jeremy Fowler of ESPN is reporting that Kyle Rudolph has drawn some interest from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Minnesota Vikings, a reunion with them, is uh, also reportedly still on the table. But, Lynn, you brought this up when we talked about this. Uh, would you be into the Bucks bringing in uh, Kyle Rudolph before training camp starts here? Of course. Kick those ties, baby. Pow, pow. The reason why you're doing it is you talk about – Cam Bray, and you talked about the game that he had in that Super Bowl run against the Washington, then Washington Redskins. They were the football team then, I think. They were, weren't, the, haven't they been the football team? You're going to correct years? me and then think, which one is it, dude? Are you they in or you out? They were the football team. Okay. All right. Well, then if you corrected me, then I'll correct myself and say the Washington football team. But don't correct me if you're going to tell me, I think. That's number one. Number two is, I was giving you credit in regards to the fact that you said Cambrate was a key in that game from a pass receiving standpoint. By the way, that's the last time I'm giving you credit on this podcast for interrupting me. That's I got, some, I got some great takes in my pocket later today. Just wait till you hear them. Keep them in your pocket. Same for, same for when we're off the air. Again, Cambrate, pass, catch, and tight end. For all the 88 interceptions (laughs) that one of the quarterbacks we're going to talk about today, the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints, James Winston, had while he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, 72 games he played with the Bucs. That was five seasons. One of his favorite targets in the red zone was Cam Bray. We know Cam Bray's a big target when it comes to the offense. Red zone target right 
He may not be Gronk. He may not be what Brady had with Gronk, but he's daggone good in the red zone. And he's reliable. And he catches the football. One of the slightest knocks on Cam. And he's not the best blocking tight end. Well, you know who blocks? Kyle Rudolph blocks. That's why you bring him in. Granted, the Titans they drafted have the skill set to be more of a blocker in the NFL than they are a pass catcher in the NFL, the guys they drafted. But they're rookies. Kyle Rudolph, a veteran. You mentioned the teams he played for, whether it be the Giants, whether it be the Minnesota Vikings. Rudolph knows what his job would be, would be if he became a Timber Bay Buccaneer. And again, if you're looking to solidify it, you know, folks are here were like, oh, God, no more O.J. Howard. Like he set the world on fire when he, you know, when he was gone. When Gronk retired, everybody's like, oh, my God, we should have kept O.J. Howard. For what? He had his shot. He didn't do it here. God bless. I salute. You won a Super Bowl. Go to Buffalo. Earn your money. But now you move on. And when you're moving on, you bring in a guy like Kyle Rudolph, who, again, has proven that he can block in this league. So, yeah, kick those ties. Pow, pow! Pow is like your new catchphrase or something. Today. I only did that's it a, twice, man. Don't no, that's it. the third pow. You 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 brought up the pow when you gave me the double barrels, I did. too. That's, oh, I tried. That's, I that's, did. that's three on the I'm about ready to give you another so double barrel to you. <laughs> for another double barrel. I got just, takes. I got takes in my pocket. Oh, just re- deep, just deep remember. Pockets. Just remember who we're talking about today. You might want to give me the double barrels before the end of it. But yes, uh, I'm with you. I think. I, I, I think Kyle Rudolph is worth kicking the tires on I think Cam Bray is still your number one tight end on this football team uh, regardless of if Rudolph comes in Rudolph is a guy that you can bring in if you're going to go in a two tight end formation or if you want to put Bray out in the put Bray out in the slot and use him more of a receiver and you still want to have that extra blocker on the line you can do that with Rudolph I'm all for this move especially because I don't think it's going to cost them a ton of money and they still do have a little bit of cap space uh, available to play with. So uh, I think that this is a low risk, I don't want to say high reward, but I'll say mid reward uh, type move that they could make. Hello, it's July and Rudolph is still on the market. So it's not going to cost you a whole lot to bring mm-hmm. him in. So there is little risk in regards to bringing him in. Bringing him in. So understand that there's, you know, a cap situation when it comes to being so close to the cap that they are. But again, it's July, dude. And by, by this point in July, you know where you're going with, with everything. If you need to show up a spot in regards to, you know, adding a veteran for depth, the offensive line or the defensive line or tight end, then you do it. That's where, you're, that's where you're at right now. We're, we're, we're a couple of weeks away from going to camp, baby. Before you know, we're going to be into the season. Let's roll. All right, now let's move on. Let's move on and talk about the final team in the NFC South and the team that has given the Bo- the Bucks the most trouble since Tom Brady has been here. They finished second in the division last year, came up just short of getting that final wild card spot and making the playoffs and that is the New Orleans Saints. This year, they will go into the season with Jameis Winston as their starting quarterback. There's a ton 
to talk about there coming off of the injury. We will get into all of that, but I think the place that you have to start with the New Orleans Saints this season, last year we started with the fact that Drew Brees had retired. Drew Brees was gone. Drew Brees was no longer the starting quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. This year, Sean Payton retired. They are no longer with their Super Bowl winning head coach. They keep it in-house. Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator, is promoted to head coach in a move that a lot of people saw coming once Peyton retired. I said that Allen was probably the guy that was going to get that job, but I think that it affects the Saints in in a multitude of ways. Sean Peyton was one of the longest tenured coaches in the NFL for a reason, and I'm interested to see how different this team looks without Peyton as the head man. Lynn, what's your take on them bringing in Allen, promoting Allen as the head coach to keep some continuity going there? And how might this team look different uh, without the leadership of Peyton? Well, here's what you lose. Uh, You lose a head coach that was one of the better offensive minds in the NFL. Clearly. Not only that, you lose a guy that in 15 years, he won 10 or more games in nine of those 15 years. Seven and nine was the worst record that he had in New Orleans. Did it four times. And of course, you know, he had that little thing with Bounty Gate, so he missed the whole full season. But Sean Payton was a guy that, again, 15 years at one spot, dude. This is the NFL. Coaches don't last that long in spots. (laughs) They just don't. And He's lasted that long because the success I mentioned, and also because every year going in for 15 years, they had nine and they had Sean Payton locked down. That's the success. That's the recipe you have to have when it comes to winning in the NFL. Look around the league, dude. I mean, we can talk about Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl here, but guess what he was doing before he got here? He was up there in New England with the same dude, Year after year, after year, after year, running off 11 wins, 12 wins. And we can talk about the the drugs of the AFC East, but the bottom line is New England ran things in the AFC. Best team of the last two decades. The formula is you get the head coach, you get the quarterback. And they had that in New Orleans. And that's what they lose when they they lost Breeze and now they lost Sean Payton. The stability is is, is what they're looking to keep. And that's why you hide Dennis Allen. Now, the similarities are the fact that we got that here in Tampa Bay. Yep. Todd Bowles may have had a little more success than Dennis Allen had as as his first run as a head coach because, I mean, Dennis Allen was 8-28 and in uh, Oakland. Two years, 4-12. and Back-to-back. Todd Bowles, a little more success. I get it. I understand that. But... The point is, is that both organizations wanted stability. That's why those guys got the jobs. And both organizations are run by defensive coordinators that have had success, that have won Super Bowls successfully. That's the reason why the Bucs did what they did, and that's the reason why Dennis Allen is the head coach in New Orleans. The thing that we need to remember when you talk about the Saints is you can talk about all the things that Sean Payton did, when it comes to the offense, <laughs> that defense is easily top five in the NFL. Take whatever Especially level, in terms of the troubles they, gave, they give the Bucks. Take whatever, whatever level you want. 
We can sit here, we can talk about Vita Bear, you know, being a potential all-pro type defensive lineman, right? Right there, stacked in the middle. You got Levante David, you got Devin White. Two linebackers, all pros, lock them down, right? Pro Bowls, boom. Go in the secondary, Carlton Davis, Antoine Winfield, boom, Pro Bowls, right? Well, guess what? New Orleans may not have as many, but if you go to the levels of their defense, guess what you're going to find? You're going to find Cam Jordan, yep. Pro Bowler, Demario Davis, Pro Bowler, Marshawn Lattimore, Pro Bowler. And then another Pro Bowler that, they added that, that we're going to get into here in a, here Pro in a Bowl. Bit. So you go all levels, dude. You're going to find Pro Bowlers. So the Saints are, again, just like the Bucks, moving on. They're moving on from an offensive-minded coach of Bruce Arians, moving on just like the Bucks, moving on from Sean Payton, an offensive-minded coach, to Dennis Allen, a defensive coach that's been running that defense. That's the stability, and that's what you got to look at when you talk about the New Orleans Saints. Now we have to talk about the quarterback situation and how it impacts their new starting quarterback, Jameis Winston. Last year, when we were talking about the Saints and we were previewing them, I debated with you whether Jameis Winston would be that starting guy or whether it would be Taysom Hill. Not going to debate with you. Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback for the Saints moving forward. There's no question about that. But Sean Payton is gone, and a lot of people, when Jameis decided to sign with New Orleans, and then this offseason when he uh, went back to New Orleans, originally people loved the signing because they thought Sean Payton was a guy who could get a lot out of Jameis Winston. And if Jameis Winston could be quote-unquote fixed, that one of the best offensive coaches in recent memory in Sean Payton was a guy that could do that. Now, Jameis gets injured last year. He tears his ACL. Before that, his numbers were very solid. Did he have the same touchdown numbers and the same yards that he had in Tampa Bay? No, but they were winning football games and his turnovers were way down. Now, he gets injured. He doesn't have that full season of meshing with Sean Payton, and now Sean Payton is gone. What I will say, though, Pete Carmichael, their longtime offensive coordinator, has been their offensive coordinator for 14 years, has been on the Saints staff for 17 years. You talk about continuity, he stays on as Dennis Allen's offensive coordinator. So that is still there. But I do still wonder how Jameis Winston not only performs coming off of an injury, but also without the guy there and Sean Payton that a lot of people thought was a big factor in his turnaround last year and him going there in the first place. You can talk about whomever's running the offense. That's not the key for Jameis. The key is the protection. The key is the fact that how long is his bell cow running back going to be potentially suspended? Rumors are out there around six game, four or six games for Alvin Kamara. There's also rumors that, the, that, that legally they may not get through this thing until you know, near the end of the season. So we don't know. But that's the pending issue. The also- Domestic violence issue is what we're talking about with, with Alvin Kamara and alleged incident. Well, yeah, no, he had, a, he, had a, he had a club incident, dude. Him and his buddies were stomping on some dude in Vegas. So not domestic violence, but yes, club incident. Yeah. Yes. So again, that's the question. The question is, how long is he going to miss if he does? That and the offensive line. Because as it is, two out of the last three years, 
they've drafted a number one, well, a first round pick to address the offensive line. That's got to heed something in regards to being successful. You can't waste those picks without having those guys being productive. That's number one. Mention Kamara. Also, dude, I mean, we talk about teams with having things ha- hanging over their head, clouds. We talked about the Texans last year with you-know-who, their quarterback, cloud hanging over their head. Now that cloud's moved over to Cleveland, hanging over that organization. You know what's been hanging over the New Orleans Saints for the last couple of years? The wide receiver. Can't catch Mike. Yep. Okay? You can't catch Mike. You want to know why? Because Mike ain't got a helmet on. That's why you can't catch Mike. That's another cloud that needs to be resolved. He still has been clear. As it is right now, I mentioned how close we are to the season getting started. The Saints don't know if he's going to be ready to be a part of training camp. And it's an ankle injury that Thomas has for, been dealing for, for with. For Thomas, right? And that's, again, that's a cloud that's been hanging over that organization for over a year now. And yet it's still not resolved. Those are the things that are going to affect James more than anything else. Making sure the offensive line is right because they lost their offensive tackle. They drafted one, okay, this year, which is fine. But they've done that the last, the last two out of the last three years. They, they tried to address the offensive line, right? Trevor Penning, 19th overall pick, kid from Northern Iowa, supposed to be a stud. Okay, but he's a rookie. And you're asking him to take over for a potential pro bowler in Armstead that they lost in free agency to Miami. So those are the things that are going to affect Jameis more than anything else when it comes to losing Sean Payton and where else you want to deal with. Kamara, offensive line, is Michael Thomas going to play? Those three things are going to affect Jameis more than anything else. And whether it's you or anybody else that wants to talk about Jameis, what you need to understand something is this. And when I say you, I mean you, Trey Downey. Because Not you people. That's right. Yes. I'm talking to you. Because I'm, I might be his biggest detractor out there, so you direct where, direct whatever you want. And you know what? I don't even care because I already know the issue. Whether it be you or all the other Jameis detractors, is he don't have to win you over. Okay, You're last right. year, last year he was on pace to throw thirty plus touchdowns and to have about 12 to 14 interceptions. And for me, he didn't have to complete last year to, have to, to try to win you over. Bottom line is he threw 25, 26 times average in games last year. We can talk about the numbers he put up in 2019 is last year in Tampa Bay. And sometimes, you know what? He had to. Some of that was his fault. There's no denying it. I talked about the 88 interceptions in the 72 games. You know, that's a whole lot. I get it. I understand that. We we know enough of those games, man. I mean, when they went to London, my man's throwing a ball around. They're losing to the Carolina Panthers. throwing six interceptions. Games in Cincinnati, throwing six interceptions. They've got to bring in Fitzgerald for the comeback. I mean, over and over and over. But you know what the Saints don't ask him to do? It's throwing 35, 40 times. They just don't, dude. 
They don't. It's going to be interesting to see how that changes without it's not without Peyton there. It's not. It's not. Even with Kamara last year, who had 50 more carries last year than he did the previous year. The issue was Kamara averaged five yards a carry in 2020. 2021, he averaged 3.7. But he had more carries. They're running the ball more than they did in previous years. If he gets suspended, though, is that is there going to be more of a weight on Jameis early in the season? No, because this is a team that over the last five years has gone down from percentage-wise mm-hmm. to passing to running the football. They made that adjustment, you know when? When Drew was still their quarterback. You want to know why? Because he couldn't, couldn't throw the, throw the football anymore. down the field. Yeah. He couldn't sling it anymore. So they made that adjustment years ago. That's where they're at offensively, dude. And, and you mentioned Pete Carmichael. That's the guy that's running the offense. Sean Payton may not be there anymore, but again, the offensive philosophy is still the same. If you look at their numbers offensively, percentage-wise, passing it to run it, it went from like 55%, 54%, 53%. Last year, dropped down all the way down to 51. Balance, dude, 51% passing the ball, 49% throwing the ball. That's what the Saints are going to do, no matter whom is wearing a headset calling their plays. Now let's talk about the rest of that wide receiver position. And before we get into the defensive side of the ball and the big addition they made there that you already mentioned and Tyron Matthew, let's talk about the additions they made to their receiving core this offseason because they clearly addressed that. It was a weird trade on draft night. You and I talked about it when they traded up to draft Chris Olave who a lot of people a lot of people liked Olave, but they didn't think that the Saints really needed to trade up into that spot to get him, which they did. And then they also signed a guy who's familiar with the area, a guy who went to LSU, Jarvis Landry, was added to this team this offseason. Even without a Thomas that is, you know, leading the NFL in receptions, those are some pretty solid weapons to to give Jameis Winston and in the first year that he goes into with the Saints where this is undoubtedly your job. This is your team, Jameis, because last year there were questions with, with Taysom Hill. It was a battle last year in training camp. It's not anymore. This is Jameis Winston's team. Yeah, no. And, and listen, there's always that adjustment, right? When it comes to talking about wide receivers being in the league the first year, that was always the case at least, I'd say probably probably beginning in the 90s, in the yachts, right? Maybe even the previous decade. But you know what's been happening lately? Rookie wide receivers have been showing out, dude. Yep. Whether it be Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Guys have come into this league and they've made an impact immediately. And that's what the Saints are expecting from a lot of it. Because you don't make that move. Jump up the way they jump. Lose a second round pick, a third round pick to make that jump up and get the guy that you want. They they targeted the guy, smooth wide receiver, may not be the biggest one, but he plays bigger than he is. But alongside, and for some reason, they, they love themselves some Ohio State guys, dude. Yep. Lattimore, Thomas, and now Lama. And, you know, if, if their scouting is right, you know, if it works for you, 
that's your scouting is right. That, that's what it is. It's just flat out scouting. I mean, they, they, they cover the Midwest the way they want to cover the Midwest and it's been successful for them. So God bless them. And you talk about the highest levels of college football, Ohio state in the, in yeah. the big 10 and who they're playing in the playoff. That's the highest levels of college football. Yeah. So, I mean, again, if it works for them and they've been successful with their scouting process, good, good for them. But the thing about it is you want, you're hoping you made that jump up to get your guy. You're hoping based off of what you've given up that you get him to make the impact that these other rookie wide receivers have made over in the recent years. Now let's talk about what they did on the defensive side of the ball. And you bring in one LSU player on the offensive side of the ball and Jarvis Landry, who that's going to be there. Olave is a smaller guy. He's got some speed, but you're still expecting Landry, even at he's a little bit further into his career, but you're still expecting that to be your speed target on this football team and Thomas to be your big possession guy. But they added an LSU guy on offense in New Orleans. They also bring in a guy on defense in Tyron Matthew. And that's a guy who a lot of the Bucks fans wanted to come to Tampa Bay this offseason, especially when Jordan Whitehead departed and signed with the New York Jets. You mentioned the levels to this defense and how they have stars on each level and that they already have a Lattimore in that secondary when you're dealing with teams not only in Tampa Bay who have two number one receivers on this football team and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin but we talked about last week we talked about the weapons that Carolina has at in their receiving core as well Calvin Ridley suspended in Atlanta whatever you still have Kyle Pitts and a young first round pick there in Atlanta uh at wide receiver as well in, in Drake London. So when you're talking about some of the better receiving cores, that's where you want your your defense to, to be the strength. And they certainly bolstered that with the addition of, of Matthew on this football team. No, absolutely. Let's not forget, uh, they also added Marcus May from the New York Jets, another safety. Mm-hmm. So between Matthew, May, Lattimore, you're talking about three solid guys in your secondary. Yes, granted the league is now where, you know, you, your secondary needs to be as deep as four or five studs, uh, but not everybody has them. So teams are always going to find those weaknesses offensively. You know, when an offense goes up against your defense, like the Saints or even, even the Buccaneers, you know, you're going to try to find a weakness, right? Your depth is challenged, whether it be injuries, whatever it is. At some point, your depth is challenged. But when you add the pieces that they've added or when you have the depth like the Bucks have in their secondary, it makes it easier on you so that you're not, you know, at the weakness of, of being attacked, having that, having that mismatch attack on a, on a weekly basis. And that's where the Saints are. Because whether it be Davenport and, and Jordan getting after the quarterback, that's going to obviously be the key for that secondary, but even if for some reason, you know, they don't get to the quarterback, that secondary is solid enough where they'll hold them down for a little bit to where, again, that defense is going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be something. Don't forget, dude, this, this team came in on a Sunday night and shut the Bucks out. Yep. Okay? 
and they added pieces to that defense. <laughs> you know, I mean, granted, they lost Marcus Williams, the safety from last year, but again, they replaced him with two this year, and and Matthew and May. That team was that good to come up here, you know, and and, and do that on a Sunday night to Tom Brady, and you can say whatever you want about Tom. TB12, I'm becoming a bigger, bigger fan of him as the days go by, just based off his social media presence. And folks, you know, at one time were like, hey, he's, how's he going to be good on TV? He's so boring. No, the hell he's not. But that's another subject. Bottom line is this. Some reason, outside of that playoff game, this defense has had Tom's number. And they have it because I mentioned Jordan, Davenport, going to get to the quarterback. If for some reason you keep your quarterback clean, the secondary is good enough to hold it down to. And Lattimore, uh, Lattimore is the corner who's given Mike Evans the most trouble in his NFL career. In more ways know, than one. Yeah, we all know the the little bloop incident with Jameis and them getting in and, and then uh, having that scuffle. But uh, yeah, Lattimore, when you look at any time the Bucks play the Saints, you're going to hear your fantasy analyst saying, I don't know how much you can expect out of Mike this week in that Marshawn Lattimore matchup. But I'll I'll close with this in, in talking about the Saints, Lynn. Last week, I said that I think Carolina, with the addition of Baker Mayfield, will finish second in the division. I think that with the Saints, I think that I don't think that the Saints are going to be a team that we're talking about picking top five in the draft. We talked about their roster. I still personally don't think that the situation that Jameis Winston is in in New Orleans right now is better than some of the situations he's had in Tampa Bay, especially with the situation with Sean Payton leaving. Do I think that the Saints are going to be a seller dweller? I already said no, but I do think that Carolina will be the second place team in this division. I think you feel differently. Where do you feel the Saints slot in the division? And how do you feel about their playoff chances? Because I think we both think the Bucks are going to win the division. Where do you think the Saints stand in terms of a wild card in the NFC? I'll, I'll say this. I think that it's possible that three teams get to the playoffs out of the NFC South just because I think that the depth in the NFC uh, isn't as deep as it has been. So I think that there's a possibility that both the Saints and the Panthers should get in. I will say that I think the Panthers could, and I'm not as confident in the Saints, but where are you on that? Yeah, you're smoking weed. Um, no, I'm not, Yeah, just you, for the record. Well, you may not be, but... You're acting like you've, you've been because the Panthers are not making the playoffs. The Saints are the second best team in the, in the NFC South. They won nine games last year, dude, without a quarterback. Their quarterback, their starting quarterback played seven of the games. Mm-hmm. He, he started six and got hurt in, that, in, the second, in the second quarter against the Bucs and missed the rest yep. of the season. And they had Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon the rest of the way. That defense is good enough to win them nine games. It's good enough to win them at least nine this year to get into the playoffs. That's the number one. Number two is Jameis stays healthy. They'll win at least nine games. They, their total in Vegas is eight and a half. They're going to they're gonna go over that eight and a half, and they're going to win at least nine games. And they're the second best team in the NFC South. And arguably, again, I'll say it again, they could have the best defense in the NFC. They could Period. have the best defense in the NFC. They wow. have the best defense in the, in, the, in, the, in the division. And the reason why I say that is this. I mentioned the Bucks. I mentioned the levels of the potential Pro Bowls they could have, whether it be Vita Vea, the two linebackers, David and White, all right? The secondary with Davis and Winfield. 
right? I get that. I understand that. But here's the thing. Here's the difference that the Bucks and the Saints have. What did I mention? I mentioned the middle of the Bucks defensive line. I'm not telling you Trey Oshayaka can't be a beast, but I don't know yet. What I do know, Cam Jordan is a beast. <laughs> what I do know, Davenport's pretty good too. All right. That's the only that's the only reason why I tell you that the that the Saints defense is better than the, than the Bucks defense. People may call me crazy. Yeah, you you talked about me and, and I'm just telling you my extracurricular I'm, activities. I might throw that a little bit out there. That's fine. Here. That's fine. And listen, the Saints being better defensively than the Bucks. Bucks Nation, you know where I'm at. I love you, but I'm just telling you flat out. That's that's how it is. I mean. Explain to me why how this team won nine games last year. Then, how the hell did they win nine games last year? And in addition to that, in addition to that, I'll say this. I'll say this too. I talked. I already told you. Twenty twenty, Kamara didn't get a thousand yards, but he had five yards of carry. He had more carries last year, and he had less yards, and he had three point seven yards per carry. So if he, if for some reason. If for some reason he doesn't get suspended in 2022, he's going to be better. They have their quarterback now that's going to play all 17 games. You think that team is going to win less than – is going to be 9-8 and eight again? I, at a minimum, they'll be 9-8. and eight. They're the second-best team in the NFC South. It's not even a debate. They just didn't. They just didn't see bad Jameis Winston last year, and I. Oh, I'm stop! Still, oh, again, he ain't got to win you over, dude. He ain't got to win. I'm you not over. saying he does, but I'm saying yes, you are. Of, you, they just no, didn't see Jam- bad Jameis. Bad Jameis. I'm not. I'm Who's not saying Jameis? he has to win. 2019. Get I'm over not, it. I'm not saying that he has to win me over. I'm saying they. That, just, they just didn't see bad Jameis. It's 2020. It's three years ago, dude. Get over it. But he didn't play in 2020. And he played last year. He's yes, he played seven games, and, and, he, was, and he was good in seven games. I'm just not convinced that it's all out. He ain't got to convince you. I know he doesn't, but I'm giving my opinion on how I. And think I'm telling you, bad Jameis. It's you don't over think it with, exists? dude. Quarterbacks have bad games. Quarterbacks bad have games. bad games. He had five bad seasons. Okay, and that's three years ago. Three years ago, he ain't got to win you over, dude. I'm not saying he does. You act I'm like giving, he does still. You, I'm giving you, you my opinion. Bad Jamie stuff. But I'm giving you my opinion on how good I think the team's going to be. Find another term then. That's three years ago. Find another he's, way to But he it. has, he's played, he started seven games since then. It's not like we have three full seasons of a sample size. Okay. That's and, the and, difference. And he's in a totally different place where, where he's not doing what he was doing here. It's totally different. To- different team. Different offense. And he's also coming off of a torn ACL and has a new head coach. Okay, but that going to do a bad Jameis. That, that potentially could be the reason why he doesn't play well or he doesn't play the whole season. But that ain't going to do a bad Jameis. You're talking about a guy who, again, played his five years here. It's just, he, he's on a different team. He's on a amazing team. to me that you take in, like, five seasons and his last season in Tampa Bay was his worst, but he plays less than half of a season in New Orleans and is solid, and that means that all of that is out of he's throwing the ball 25 times. And, he and has I still better, don't agree with you if Kamara suspended. That ever had here. Better runner back that he's ever had here. That could be suspended for maybe half the season. Okay, year. and I said that. And I said that. Depending on if Kamara rebounds from the bad year he had last year, there again, if for some reason he doesn't get suspended, he's going to play all 17. 
That in itself helps Jameis out. Time will tell with this. This will be a constant debate throughout the season. Next week, we're through all all of the three of the Bucks competitors. Yeah, Tyrod Taylor's the, the greatest NFC quarterback in, in the NFL. That were those words have never come out of my mouth. He's a Pro Bowler, learn. He's a Pro it's Bowler. A, it's a fact. Um, Goes Jameis. <laughs> but next week, next week we will talk about the Bucks, and we will give you a training camp preview in terms of the Bucks. What position battles are we looking at? All of that. Quick social reminder before we get out of here. Follow Bucks Nation on Twitter, at Bucks underscore Nation. Follow Lynn on Twitter, at Elmar810. Follow me on Twitter, at TD Experience. Next week, Bucks training camp preview, right here on Downey and Martez, a Bucks Nation podcast.